Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Listen up, guys. It's Andy. Unfortunately, Aries and I have not been on the road a whole bunch this week, but when we were together in Ontario, California, great shows up there. Big shout out to the improv in Ontario. We had a great time. Um... We did a two-part episode with my buddy Tim. Tim dropped in, and it was a conversation between uh, all three of us, Aries, Tim, and myself. Um, So this is going to be a two-parter. It's going to come at you, uh, obviously, first part today, next part next week. Um, If you want to catch Aries this weekend, he is going to be at uh, the comics at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, and I am at a Connie comedy festival in flagstaff arizona called big pine and the following week i believe aries is off and i will be at bananas in hasbrook heights hasbro heights that's how you say it new jersey um we'll keep in touch with you i'll give you a little bit uh information at the beginning of next week's episode as well and uh talk to you soon let us know what you're thinking Welcome, boys and girls, to another special, special edition of the Spears and Steinberg podcast. We have a very special guest, so this will be the niggas and the kike. Uh, what's up, y'all? It's Aries in the building. Uh, we got Andy's friend, Tim, here, uh, who's black like me. So a uh, little bit of racial harmony here, uh, times two. Uh, so, yeah, what's Tim, introduce yourself, brother. Yeah, Tim out in uh, Los Angeles here. Been on Andy. I think I known Steinberg what twenty twenty some years, twenty yeah. some years. And uh, so we go back a minute. I think I know everything yeah. about him. All right, let's let's move on to uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, did you see? Did you see Dave Chappelle's new special? Yeah, I did see Sticks uh, and Stones. You saw it? Yeah, I saw most okay. of it. Yeah. So Dave Chappelle, uh, I remember the one guy wrote us the email and uh, talked about how great minds think alike and said that he felt <clears throat> Dave was channeling us a little bit. And I, like I said, I, I, I bow to Dave. I, I, he's revered. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about him. But I'll say this. Um, I'm worried that sometimes, you know, when shit gets so hyped, you get into it so much that it becomes a letdown. Not because it wasn't good. 
but because there's so much hype. And Dave is at that level now where the hype is outrageous. So everything you see, you're expecting. And it was a good special. It's a really good special. It wasn't as it wasn't what I, it wasn't better than I thought it was going to be. I, it, it wasn't equanimity. I still say equanimity. Hands down, and I thought prior to that, killing him softly was his best, yeah. his first ever. But this was more of a critique and honest conversation than it was just comedy. Yes, but let me just rate it real quick. So you got Dave did um, killing him softly. Then the second one was his Showtime special for what it's worth. Then came the three Netflix specials, The Bird View, The Bird Eye or The Bird View, Equanimity, The Age of Spin, and I forget what the one he did in in Dallas, Texas was called. Um, And then there's Sticks and Stones. So he's done seven specials. Hands down, Equanimity to me is number one. Um, Because the way he wrapped it all up with the Emmett Till story and then kicked her in the pussy. Just fucking brilliant. Um, but again, a joke, a beat. Yeah, this 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 one is completely. This is a conversation that he put joke that he he. <clears throat> it goes to that saying that only I, I said that philosopher and I, I don't remember the philosopher's name that said only difficult subjects should only be discussed in comedy. Right, and I think he hits all that. Yeah, uh, he he's he's just such a master uh, at making the most difficult things to talk about funny. And, and because that's so hard to do, is to me, is what elevates him beyond everybody else. I try to do that. I may, be, I may be accomplish that in a joke here and there. Right. But to do that shit for a whole hour. That's what's amazing. Ooh, I don't know anybody. Other than, other than Carlin, that I don't think. And I don't think Carlin was, was ever as funny as That's Dave. what I was going to say. Was ever as funny, but stayed conversational and tried to hit social topics. Dave hit them all and made them all funny. Right. And I didn't feel like it was pre... And that's the other thing about Carlin. I felt it was a little preachy sometimes. Yes. There's no preachy in this. No. It's funny. Funny, funny, funny. And, and you know, and you guys do it. You're comedians. But for me, funny to me is like they say, the truth is funny. Yeah. You know, it, it was just him telling the truth. And we... Because we... I, I'm just saying, I'll, I'll just say, me as a black person, that's funny to me. Like, like sometimes when a white dude calls me nigga after I crush my and I and I'm telling you about right. it, it's funny, and right. we both going to laugh about it. You know right. what I mean? So I thought that it, it was it was just it was true, man. Every everything was so truthful, and it was just it was hilarious. Let me ask you something, um, because he's been carrying on about how the transgenders don't like him, mm-hmm. and all his transgender jokes. And I know he could never, even if that's how he really felt, the the. Prime objective number one is to make him laugh. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. But but even if he secretly felt, I really don't like these motherfuckers. He's not going to say that because mm-hmm. he would be ostracized and demonized. But I almost get the sense he really don't like them motherfuckers. He mm-hmm. feels a certain way, but he disguises it through comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said, and Andy and I have discussed this on the podcast a lot. You're almost a villain if you disagree with something. Mm-hmm. Again, as, as long as you're not taking anybody's rights away, as long as you're not saying people should be physically harmed, there's nothing wrong in saying, I don't agree. I don't like that. And, you know, even with the Caitlyn Jenner thing, when he went uh, talking about, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner is supposed to be posing for Sports Illustrated. Let me just say, yuck. Now, 
I, 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 the transgender thing, two men fucking, to me is yuck. I'm not trying to say gays, anything demeaning, gays shouldn't have rights, all of that shit. I just, uh. See, I don't think that's an unfair thing for you to be able to feel that way. And I don't think Dave is saying he doesn't like them. I but but you're, do you personally, you don't get that sense at I all? I get that he has uncomfortability with it. And he's owning that uncomfortability and expressing it through how he, how he did the comedy. And I don't think it's a matter of disliking anything. I think it's a matter of just being uncomfortable with what it is and, and, and the social aspect of what it is. I don't think that. But, in, but you just said something that's really important to me that you weren't here for this last podcast. But I think this is uh, important to what you just said. Uh, then you just said gays and two men fucking and you went, ah. And I think you have every right to feel, ah, because I know there's gays. Think about heterosexual sex, and they would go, ah, uh, and they'd have that same feeling. But we just had the conversation where, as a white dude, can a white dude go, uh, I love all people, but I really love my own? And you said, why couldn't you do that? Because of the history of, of, of the, you know. So the same thing would have to apply when you look at <coughs> heterosexual sex and then a heterosexual to go, two men fucking, ah. It's the same thing. It, yes, even if even if, if gay people felt the same way about looking at it's straight the same sin, thing in what it's the same way is that they they've been marginalized as, as a group, and and but and historically historically often, they've been beaten. They've no, no, been, no, 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 no. Historically, homosexuality homosexuality has always existed. Yes, always. It, it, that's tr- that's correct. But I'm just saying it's always been pushed aside into the shadows, in the corner, not accepted. So for us to say in a national spotlight like that, it would have to feel to the, to, uh, the, to the gay population the same way you said if a white dude didn't mean it negatively, but said, you know, I, I, love, I love all people, but, you know, I really I, I love my white people. It would have to feel almost the same way as when you just went, yeah, but, ah, uh, yeah, because you, you're, you're still continuing to marginalize somebody who was always on the outside, and push them back further. I don't know. I don't know about that. You just, if, if it works for one, how doesn't it work for the other? Because one doesn't have a legacy. They've been, they've been, they do have a legacy. Listen, I have to, I have to, you know, go back to what Dave said about women going, you know, women suffer just like you. Not like us, bitch. Slow your roll. Right. But they did suffer. I'm not denying that. They've been... Closeted. Ridiculed. They've been they, they've been tied to trucks and driven down the road. They've been. <clears throat> I'm not gonna say one suffering is more than another, and that's not the point that I'm trying to get to. I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying, do they feel that same way by having that expressed that way? Well, well, everybody's got the right to feel like you know, hey, because of who I am or what I am and how I've been shunned and treated, you know, this is my fight, and you know, I feel persecuted against. Everybody's going to feel that way and say that. Right. And I'm not disagreeing with what you said or how you felt about it. I'm just saying by your own standard of what you said, a white dude saying that, would you not think that they could feel the same way how you just felt? Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm and trying to get to. they're entitled to that. That's all I'm trying to get they're to. They're entitled to that. I'm, I'm not saying so they this, shouldn't be. So the aggravation or, or being upset about but, but, but them going, But them going ill to us doesn't come with any, with any prosecution. It doesn't come with an opinion. Right. They're not vilified if they go, ooh, straight sex. No, but that's what but I'm saying. But if we go, ooh, gay sex, that's we're what monsters. That's, that's what I'm saying. But isn't it, though? Isn't it a little bit like that? I mean, if we say, 
I'm just not comfortable with that. That's different than going, ooh, like I can't, ooh, like what you guys do is horrible. I'm not comfortable with it, and I can be honest and say I'm not comfortable. I'm going to be, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if I want to go this far. I was looking at a house one time. This is probably 20 years ago. And it was a gay dude's house. I met the gay, the nicest people. I thought it was kind of weird living in somebody's house that was having gay sex in the house all over the place. You're just going to find doo-doo everywhere. Uh, just, it just was, it, the energy felt weird to me. <laughs> I'm going to be really honest. I have no, I, and, and I would love to say I have nothing against gay people, but obviously at that moment I had some. Because part of you was going, what's, what's, what what's happened that? here? What happened right what there? What happened right there? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know? So, yeah, we all come with these remember, things. Remember in the movie uh, Wolf of Wall Street when Leonardo DiCaprio tells his, his wife about to give Butler, she, or, or she tells him. That she walked, came home early from the Hamptons. Remember the scene where she walks into their condo yeah. and the gay butler is having night gay party and sex and all the men are naked. And she tells Leonardo DiCaprio the next day. And she goes, they were everywhere. There was some on the couch and he jumped up and went, Ugh! So it's just, whether it's right or wrong, it, it, whether it's seen as ignorance, for some reason that has been the natural reaction. But all I'm asking is, uh, and what I'm saying is, I understand. I, I feel the same way. I'm not having this. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you in the way you feel. I just. I'm in the point in my life where I'm trying to like put myself in the other shoes and going. How do I feel looking at it from this perspective? Would you try to put yourself in the other chaps. I'm not trying to put myself in the chaps in the shoes in the shoes. <laughs> Gay men generally Listen, wear nice shoes, so I'm, I'm putting myself in the I, shoes. I think. I think you said it earlier. Dave owns up to his uncomfortability. He owns up to it. And that might make people uncomfortable. And I think that that is okay for those people to be uncomfortable that have a problem with it. But I think if you own up to it and you're saying it, when you say that you're uncomfortable with something, you actually are putting yourself in a position where someone could actually say something to you that you could get something out of. Right. Because you're owning your uncomfortability. That's why I hate political correctness, because while we navigate these fake waters of I, I know how to interact amongst people so that I don't get ridiculed, you're not actually putting yourself up to ever learn anything. You're learning, you, all you've learned is how to get from your house to wherever you want to go and back to your home without offending anybody. You know, I really wish I could, and I'm, and I'm sure, you know, unless you were ultimately that close with Dave to be able to have a conversation with him and pick his brain, I would love to know. And again, comedy is subjective. But I always say, up until he came out with these Netflix specials, Dave Connor was like a Barry Sanders. This motherfucker was the baddest motherfucking comic in the game, did what he did, and then vanished. And then once he went to Africa and his show was gone, you were wondering when he was going to reemerge. And how could somebody this good be out of it? Um, and then he comes with these specials and everything makes sense again. And he's hailed as the biggest and the baddest comic alive. But I'm just going, I don't understand. And this is no knock. Please, this is no knock against Kevin Hart. Because, uh, again, comedy subjective and whatever. I don't understand how this man is not. And maybe this is a choice thing. Do you think that Dave couldn't sell out an arena? There's, I, I refuse to believe that. He sold out Madison, Madison Square Garden, in a, uh, not Madison, Radio City Music Hall in a matter of an hour. Oh, Six, I, seven shows. For, now, that ain't an arena. It's a theater. But, you know, when Kevin is doing 30,000 seats, 20, 30,000 seats, there's no way you could tell me, especially after these specials, okay. Dave can't do that? Why don't he do that? 
Is that a choice? I know Tim wants to jump in on something, so I'm not going to stop him. But I, oh, got, no, no, I, I was going to say, you know, uh, I saw Dave one time, man, a few years back at, at the Four Seasons. Like I said, cool, you know him. Um, and I said, man, what's happening? And, and I was like, so, so what's, ha- what's been going on? This was some years back. And Dave said, he said, man, they ain't trying to fuck with me. He said, I used to get scripts like that. Now I get shit like this. <laughs> he said that? He said that to me. He, and he was just, he said, it, it used to, I used to get, now it's like this. You know? So it was, it, it was obviously a <sighs> choice, maybe even some kind of collusion, in my opinion. Because I'm like, like you said, why, you know, there had to be something else going on. But I don't think that was, that was his choice. Because he said, I used to get stuff like this now. Because what's mind blowing to me is this. That's what he said. He was like, <clears throat> don't, leave, don't leave the thing about uh, arenas versus. No, but, but this is why I want to get back to that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to it. Because the thing is this again, I, I'm throwing this word out there again. I know it's subjective. But when people would ask me, who's your favorite comics? It's impossible for me to like Kevin Hart. Kevin is good at what he does. And, he, and, and Dave even said it on a special. He said, Kevin is perfect. Yeah. Every with everything with this motherfucker. Four it's, tweets from being perfect. It, he's for, it's, it's like he's so safe and so perfect. Like when you look at Dave and he takes on the topics that he takes on and masterfully destroys them. That to me is mm, cut to and you walk in, your kids walk in the room and see you fucking your mom and see you fucking your girl and you try to hide it from your kids so you turn to the side. Boy, get your ass out of the room while I'm fucking your mom and I'm fucking from the side. Oh my God. But you just answered. I, 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 like what? But that's why Dave doesn't sell out. Or wouldn't sell out arenas. You don't think he could sell no, out arenas? But this is why I would never want to see David Arena. Why? Because I, I don't want to see saying. someone yeah. smoke a cigarette from 800 miles away and tell me something meaningful. I want to see that motherfucker this close. You want the intimacy because that's who Dave is. Dave has given you more than jokes. I like that. Dave is giving you I like perspective. That. He's he's giving you the fucking he he's giving you the Confucius of, of life. He's giving right. you something more. Where Kevin's just making you laugh with energy and moving around the stage, and you could see him from miles away running around the stage and doing Kevin Hart thing. He he may only be two so foot he's two. More of a show. He's like a show. Inter- he's a performance. A, a performance. A show. And Dave is like, giving you the grip, man. He's giving you the story. He's giving you the real life, and he's doing right. it with this. You know, Dave I, on the special. There's one thing about the special that I didn't like that Dave did. There's only one thing that I hated in that special, mm. and it reflects in what we're talking about. I hated the step that he had behind him, and that when he would say something funny, he'd run up, he'd take the, up the step, and he'd run around and then come back. Why? It was so not. To me, it was just it, it distracted from what he was giving me. I don't know if you noticed this, but you notice other than with the exception of killing him softly, the special he did in San Francisco. All his stages are built the same. Same way. No, I know that. They're built like that. But I didn't see him go up and down those like that, like that way. It broke the pace for me because he's given me so much that I'm hanging on every word that he's saying. And when he would do that, it would just take me out of that for a second. But on the other hand, it also gave me a second to go get a breath, take it easy. Right. And and catch back up to where he's going. Right. So I don't know. It it was just something that I didn't, it it wasn't the day it was. That, that, and, and when I'm saying this, if that's my only critique out of something that happened that was that great of a special to me, right. it's not really a critique. It was just something that I noticed. Yeah, listen, again, I, I, I watched it, and maybe I need to see it again, and I thought it was a cool Dave Chappelle special. But that equanimity, man, when he talks about Trump and how he winds that whole thing into Emmett Till, when he tells that story about Emmett Till, I'm literally, and I get goosebumps, because... You could feel a person controlling a room. 
Yeah. Everybody, you could hear a mouse piss on cotton. And then the subject matter, the whole Emmett Till thing plays upon empathy and, and guilt and white guilt. And you just go, Jesus. And he makes you go, Jesus. And then when he, the way he words that and ties it all together about, and this is why I feel more American than when we hate on this motherfucker together. That lying bitch. And then I kick her in the pussy. I mean, that is artistry, nigga. No, it was. It was fantastic. That is fucking artistry. Where now everything past that feels like you're trying to measure up to that. But I don't feel that this special tried to measure up to it. I felt this was its own piece. So let me ask you this to jump in. Where was Equanimity? Where was that filmed? Um, I think D.C. Oh, so what? Oh, I okay. think. Okay. So Well, and, and even when you go to the bird's eye, that was done in the belly room. Yeah. I didn't really like that. I did I, because it was really intimate, but it wasn't the strongest out of all those. It, it was, really wasn't. No. I was trying, and the reason I brought it up, because maybe that conversation, I kind of heard what you guys were talking about earlier about being in the room of whites and blacks, that it's different. Right. So yeah, maybe this was, was in Atlanta. Out there that long, I heard that, y'all out there. Thank yeah. God we weren't talking shit about you. <laughs> I was wondering, some kids was walking about. But, uh, yeah. Do we, 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 I'm so, sorry to interrupt you, but before you, we always feel weird because of some of the subjects we talk yeah. about, and we're in the hotel. And we know people can hear us on the other side. Oh, and we always yeah. walk out, and when people see us they always have these looks in their faces like right. what's going on right oh, that's here funny. Oh, okay, okay go ahead sorry well, sorry i guess sorry. i just spoiled the whole thing that this was done in the studio right <laughs> no no everybody knows no, no, we do no, this. Yeah, no everybody knows we do this <laughs> no, shit on the road yeah yeah but but it was just this was atlanta you know and right. may, maybe that's a different because i i agree in a sense where andy said that this was this was more of a podcast a stage podcast almost right that he was having a conversation right. And just throwing some... Yeah. But and, yeah, I have, but you didn't see the whole thing. You didn't watch the very end, did you? Because there's at the very end, there's clips from what he does in, in, in New York. And there's some other... There's other clips. You got to watch... If you watch throughout the whole thing, it, there's something about those little pieces that adds to what you saw. Like mm-hmm. it ties it in and gives you a little bit different perspective on what he was talking right. about as you watch him uh, do these other... And, and there are like, like 10, five-minute little beats that are filmed in other areas. But man, I, I know I know what you're saying about the special. This one really, I, I, I just felt like as a comedian right. to watch someone take these um, messages right. and not try to make them into a joke. Listen, like you said, that weave in and then kick her in the pussy. That's right. That that has an arc where it goes all the way around and wraps right. in and then gives you that. That that's that's a comedian doing his job. Right. That's a that that's that's a show. That's part of the show. But like we just said, the performance that he did on this last special, Sticks yeah. and Stones, it was really, it, it was really at its barest. It was at its rawest. There wasn't anything there other right. than him walking up the step and, and, and laughing at some of the stuff right. he did. But I think that was to give, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's almost to give the audience a break from what they just had to go through. Because I, I, he didn't mention Trump one time in this. Am I right? N- no, no, no. And he didn't have to because he already touched it. Yeah, and so yeah. that's when, right. yeah. So, right. so that was done. There was like, right. you know, yeah, that was, the, yeah. And I, I thought that was kind of, I was like, cool, okay. He already he right. jumped on him before. Cool. We'll go talk about something Like, else. Like, I'm going to tell you, man, and, and I, I see a lot of comedy. And, and even some of the guys who I see who are deemed big names, hmm. I look at it and I go, Pound for pound, I feel like I'm I'm right there with him. Dave's the only dude where he really makes you go, damn, can I do that? Could I take on that subject and be right. that? Right. And, and 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 you know, he makes you, he's another level, man. Mm-hmm. Like I think this motherfucker could really take you could take an apple and put it on the table and go, make that apple funny. 
and right. he'll come up with something yeah. to make that yeah. apple funny. Yeah, that motherfucker's a, he's a, he's another level, man. But yeah. that that that's that prior. Now you know we we've talked about this too when we talked about who's the best in you know our our top five or top four, right. dude. That's prior, and then it has to be Chappelle now to me. It has to be because his body of work is so strong. He has so many. He has enough material out there that I can. Well, go. here's what I look forward to. If Eddie Murphy does that Netflix special and makes everything right with the world again, now you're gonna have to crown Eddie. And he has if three Eddie, specials. And he is has, it three? Well, he'll have three now if he does this one, right? The Netflix thing. Is no, it a three? No, there's a. It's a deal. It's bigger than that. But even if he only did one special with Netflix and he has three hours that's out there now in comedy, he has the uh, his delirious. Oh right, right. But you can't. But those are. Yeah, but but he doesn't have anything after those. But what, two. I'm, that's say, what, what I'm saying is it, 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 because. You would almost be cautious to put Eddie, Dave above Eddie, because Eddie's such his own icon. Eddie's icon. Dave will tell you that. Yeah, but but I know what you're saying. But if Eddie comes out from this long a retirement and destroys that stage, move over, Dave. The king is back. Come on, man. Eddie's body of work. This nigga's legacy has been since the '80s. He's like the Tom Cruise as far as comedy. Oh, you ruined it for me when you said Tom Cruise. No, no, I'm just talking about the timeline. No, 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 I know what you're saying. Decades. Decades. of Eddie's yeah. been in this. And Dave Chappelle has never had a box office movie career. No. His shit's all stand-up. He had one hit cult. It was a cult movie follow, a cult hit. Fucking, what was the movie? Half-Baked. So, you know, but what you said for now, yes. Prior Chappelle. Because yeah. Chappelle's such a fucking gym rat, man. I, I, I see you sitting on something, Tim. I'm sorry. I know. Oh, no, no. I was just saying because I said, like, yeah, for, for, you know, like I said, that's you all spill. But, but me from a, uh, a viewer, like when I look at Eddie versus Dave, I'm more of a conscious brother. I'm a Chappelle guy. Right. I'm a Richard Pryor guy. Eddie is not there for me. But you're also an actor. Now, did you see Eddie as an actor? Do you see him as an actor? I, I mean, I'm an actor. Like, I remember Marlon Brando said, I got an actor because I didn't think anything. I didn't see anything else that could pay me that much money that fast. So my, my point is, I don't really just because I'm an actor, I don't give anybody any extra points. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, no, it makes sense. I, it, it, you where know, would you like, put, where would you anybody, put Delirious in all the world of stand-ups that you've oh, seen? It, it's definitely in the top, but right. not yeah, right. absolutely yeah. Because Eddie yeah. wasn't conscious at all on that. But no, no, no he what was, you yeah. saw was straight talent right 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 exactly but that's exactly. Ability. how old was right, he though, though? Right. how old yeah. was he at the time he was in his 20s so but i mean that's that's he's, he he talked about exactly what was in his life at that time he's 20 years old right it's a that that's why if you what you're saying is if he comes out now and he puts something together right then what you're saying then i got it you know what? you know there was yeah. an interesting clip of a white guy on instagram who basically was talking about delirious and talked about the pussy times we live in now. And he said he used Eddie Murphy's joke where Eddie was talking about faggots. Mm-hmm. He said, if you took that same bit now and mm-hmm. did that today, forget mm-hmm. about it. Faggots and faggots. And Eddie, how Eddie was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you go out with your gay friend and you put your dick in and explode. And you're the faggots and the faggots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and the fact that you can't even do that today mm-hmm. speaks to how pussyfied this generation is. The idea that your dick would just blow up if you got a disease, though, I thought it was the gen- most genius. Yeah. Because who wouldn't want that? Just immediate knowledge. Oh. Right. This is, I, I went too far. Right. <laughs> uh, I think that's it, brother. Well, this is one. 
Well, no, between the uh, the last one we did, the emails, yeah. and this one, this is two. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. So uh, we should probably knock out that next one in L.A. Okay. Yeah. You got anything you want to add to him? People find you, all that kind of good uh, stuff? No, man. No, you're, man. you're afraid people are going to find you for this one right now? But they ain't find me now. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I know we, this is going to be a little longer, but I got to get this in because one of the reasons I wanted Tim to come here, and you said, oh, we're teamed up on you. It's two black right. guys and me now, right? Tim, I call him sometimes, and I'll be like, Tim, Aries trying to get me to do this. Mm-hmm. The N-word shit. Yeah, yeah. And Tim has, I want Tim's opinion because he goes, no one's going to care. Right. Tim, so, well, first Tim, of all, before you say anything, Tim, uh-huh. you, you're taking it out of context. Okay, no, well, yeah, put it together right. Okay. Put it together right. Let me put it in actor's terms. Okay. okay. If you're an actor, and this is what we do, this is entertainment, uh-huh. we are performing, uh-huh. whether it's stage, whether it's podcast, uh-huh. whether it's uh, lights, camera, action, right. camera, uh-huh. it's a performance. Right. So like with any performance, you, you're performing. Mm-hmm. So whatever the context of you saying nigga is, it's a performance. We're not talking about you saying nigga without a mic in your hand and the headphones on and you in the streets. No, no, I got that. But, right. so but I'm just saying. But what's funny, but but making it funny. Right. But when you say, I just what I'm saying, when you be careful, yeah, when you say uh, uh, not caring, okay. it ain't, that's, that's. No, 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 I didn't say you didn't care. You care to put me in an uncomfortable position, number one. You enjoy me in the uncomfortable position. I, I I do, but it's only uncomfortable to you because you don't see yourself as performing. If you can separate the two, the reality versus the performance, there's nothing to be uncomfortable about. But if, whether, if, if, or whether it's necessary. If it's funny, it's funny. But am I but am you, I making you, am I contriving it so that it can be funny? But you're also contriving it so that it cannot be funny because you feel uncomfortable. Because I'm not. It's if not, Martin Scorsese gave you a check for a million dollars. You would get past being uncomfortable. Am I going to be an actor. Am I going to be in a movie? Yeah. He just doesn't want me to come in and just say it to see how I say it. But you're not just doing that to, for this here. It's a performance. Okay. okay. What's your opinion on, on on some of this though? So with with the the nigger is that what you're saying? Mm. The nigger. Like I said, I'm going back to. Um, well, let me just say, like I, for me, when I say it, I, it, it makes me uncomfortable because let's say whether you send it. What you all don't understand, to me, as performers or entertainers or singers, I'm the one that has to deal with going in the club and hearing white people saying, niggas in Paris. I'm like, dude, I got to deal with that shit. Motherfucker, I got to deal with that shit when I walk in the club and I see white people saying that shit. Right. And it bothers you. It bothers me. It bothers me, too. Because y'all are saying it, whether the rappers or whoever. Now, you've allowed them to say it when I go to the club and then they can say, well, I heard so-and-so say it. You know what I mean? That that really pisses me off because it was like it's not cool like that because we have to deal with it. Also, the other thing is like I, you know, it, it also for me it got out of the realm of that was something that, that we would all say together. Right. When we gave them the okay to say it in the in, in you know in the realm of entertainment or whatever. But but, but hold up, hold up though. But, I don't. I've never given them permission to say that even in the realm of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking specifically about music. I don't buy the, well, you know, uh, because they say it on wax means I should be able to. No, no. Now, if you want to say it at home in the privacy of your own house, I can't control that. Right. But yeah, of, none, but, yeah. But out of respect, you can't be in front of me and go, well, Kanye said it. So I'm in tune with the record. No, it's a disrespect to me. 
And that's what I'm saying. So imagine me going, and this literally happened. I went in a club, man, and it was white people, and they was in there. Niggas and parents, like the whole club. Wow. The whole club, was man. Was the club predominantly white? Absolutely it was. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that's fucked up, man. That I yeah, got to deal with that shit. Yeah, And nobody's is. thinking about that, man. You know? Yeah, it is. And so that, man, when I, when I heard that from me, I said, you know what, man? I said, I can't co-sign on that, man. You know, because it was something like, I used the word, you won't hear me use the word like I'm saying it with him here, but that's something that I thought we did together. And then once we put it out there and let them and we're not saying nothing, we in the concerts doing it and they saying back, you know, it, it goes back to that, that thing where um, I forgot one of the brothers back in the day. He said once once the white people start killing our babies and, and, and women, it was over. Meaning once we allowed them to do that. Mm-hmm. It was going to keep going. It was going to get worse. So now, once we put the word out there in song and everything, and start letting them say it, and they're like, "Oh no, I'm I'm jamming to the club." I think it's it's made it, it's made it hard for me, man. It's absolutely made right. it hard for me. And I I was saying like um, and it's the same way with me that if I have if I'm around somebody that's saying it a lot, like I'm automatically going to put you on a level, and you say, "Hey, nigga, nigga, cool. I got where you are." We can say nigga, nigga, this guy over here to say brother, brother, he's on a different level than me. I'm going to keep, so my thing is I'm going to keep this nigga when I'm around the niggas and I'm going to keep this brother when I'm around the brothers. Right. I'm going to make sure that nigga don't come over with these brothers. Right. And I'll make sure right. this brother don't hang out with them niggas. Right. And so I separate right. for me. You know what I mean? That That's what I do, you know? And um, <clears throat> and, and so that, that, that was my take on it, just that, you know, in the entertainment and going back to what Dave said. Oh, well, you can't say that word. It, well, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not, not a nigga either. Yeah. You know right, I mean? right, right. And I thought that was, man, that right, right there, right, I right. was like, perfect. Yeah. Uh, does it bother you when he does that joke? Uh, when, when you Eric's get the nigga. joke. What, what the, the, yeah, the, when the, you the were black at, church joke? Yeah, yeah. Does it bo- yeah. I know it bothers him. I know without a doubt you? it bothers him. I know that it, he's not mad at me about it, but I know it bothers him. There, there's something in it that bo- it's going to bother you a little bit. Well, let him. I'm no, okay. I, I, I think I think when I heard the joke, that it made sense. Okay, but if I, if I do you? I don't know if you remember, but the last part of the joke I wrote specifically because of this dude right here. Right. Because you you might not yeah. know this all the time, but I talk about you on this, and you're important to me as a person, and my growth is who I am as a human being. And the part where I write it, where I say. Um, I even say, like, uh, I said, so there's some black people in here who even laughed at the joke, but are looking at me right now like, yeah, but I'm still going to kick your ass after the show. I go, we'll deal with all that after the show. The only people I want to deal with in here are any white folks. Any white folks looking at me right now and going, <laughs> dude, just use the word. Do I get to use the word? And I go, fuck no. I'm a comic. I'm on stage. I'm telling you my life story. I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing. And that's how I finish out that joke, and I make sure... And there's, there's more joke to it. But I make sure that everybody who leaves that room, every white person in that room leaves that room, not going to come up to me and not going to say that. Not, because I had that happen before I wrote that last part of the joke. And I realized that I, what you're saying, I was giving people the uh, opening to say that or to come up to me and go, hey, Andy, my, it, no, that's not how it's going to work. That's my performance. I don't do that anywhere else. That's where it is. This was the story. This is what happened to me. I can't change my life story. I have to tell the story the way it is, which I thought Jay Moore was a genius when he said, when he says it, it's he's reporting on what happened. I'm not, I'm not changing the, the honesty of the story because this is what happened. I'm reporting to you what the story is. That's my job. That's what I'm doing. I'm telling my story. I can't change my story, but I can, and as a professional and as a person who actually cares, to make sure that I'm letting you know, don't take that out of here, and I didn't give you permission for shit. 
And that, that was important to me. And I wrote that because of you. Yeah, I think I think when I heard it, I, I didn't it didn't bother me really. Good, it, it really. But it, you're you're the, the, the per the, and he knew that I was free, that I was a little tense about you saying that. <clears throat> so then, yeah. why does it bother you when, in the context of what we're doing comedically, you get all tight? Because it's a, it's a comedically, and I don't really find it to be a joke but, when but it's my story. It's your story, right? So I think what he's saying, going back to what I said about telling the truth, you don't. If you tell the truth, you don't ever have to remember what you said, right? It just comes out. The truth comes and out. I'm when you when it's something else, then you're like, you know, and and I'll give an example. Not the same thing, but for me, and, and we know that on TV, one, at one time you couldn't say GD. Goddamn. Yeah, you couldn't right. say it. So I've done I, I've done some shows where I said I'll say God, I'll say God, Goddamn, that's what I'll say. I I won't say that. Just you, I'm right. totally uncomfortable saying that word. Right. Totally. I don't use that either. You know, I don't use yeah. it. It was like, I can't use it, man. Right. And, it, you know, and so I think for him to say, if it's not in the context, not not really in the context, but if it's not the truth. It's not in the context of my truth. Of your truth, then it's comfortable for him for him to say it, I think. But right. if I was getting paid, if you're what you're saying, if they gave me an acting role and I'm playing this part. And that's why I do look up to when I see an actor. When I saw, like I said this before, um, Django, well, uh, what's his name? on him. When he played that character and I hated him, I, I, I was most, like, I was so amazed by his acting because he, right. he let me hate him. And, and that was something he made, he did it in a way that I went, okay, that's authentic to what the piece right. is. And I hated him for it. And not him personally, but the character. And he played the character the way he was supposed to. I can't be mad at that. But that's someone getting paid and he's, he's portraying a character that needed to be done. But you're saying if he's getting paid a million dollars, right? So let me ask you this. And, and we don't have to go any further than just the, the yes or no question. If it was a million dollars for you to kiss a man in a movie, would you do it? Uh, artistically, uh, if, if I like the context of the movie mm-hmm. and I'm an actor, yeah. But there's a whole list of other things you would have to check off, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. So I think So the next time I want you to say nigga, I'm gonna have a checkbook near me. And <laughs> <laughs> see how we can motivate your Jewish muscles. Now, he, he got he got me to do it when we did a he made me recreate a Django scene. And he, oh. that's how he got me oh, to do so it. Oh, so you were doing the Django scene. Yes, I was trying I was trying because he was so uncomfortable with saying the word. I was saying, so if you were an actor and you had to sell it, sell me. But but sell see, me. But, but he's giving me a reason though. Right, but he's, that's he's different. Said, I know that's he is. Different. I know okay. he is, but we're still okay. setting up a reason just for the word. Right, but but he did it in a cut like here's the Right, thing. but okay, that's how so he sucked di- but he suckered but me into it though too but because that's he different, though. But that's yeah, because different. you go you go, could you are you you the question was the first question was do you think you can act? And I said, Yeah, right. I think I can get it. Do you think you could do serious or comedy? I said, I could do both. Yeah, I think I could do both. And then so, you got me then you said, Okay, well then reenact this part. Right. And that's how you got me. You led me into this. You, yeah, so you asked you this. So let's say uh, um just real quick. Easy E, right? Yeah. Dr. Dre. What was the name of the group? MWA. What does it mean? Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't say that. No. Okay. I, I was just trying to say, you know. But why wouldn't you say that right now? You know, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, okay, listen, and this is, this is a different part of the story. And the only reason I like him being on here is because he knows my past. There was a point where I would say the word because I wanted to do, remember the shirt I wanted to do? Uh-huh. What and, was it? The white, white N-word. The white N-word? Yeah, the white... No. Wiggers? No, no, no. I just wanted to do a shirt that said... Okay, now I have to say it because now it's not going to make sense. Yeah, but it's your truth. Yeah, it, white niggers. Right. Okay. I wanted yep. to do that shirt because my idea was... And 
was is, is, if, if you took the, the meaning away from the word, then it can't be a horrible word. Then it, can't, it loses some of that power that it had. I always felt the word had power. It had the power to take someone who's in a normal place in life and have somebody yell something at them and, and fucking change the whole day. And I didn't want that word to have that kind of power. But, and I said this to someone, uh, oh, I said this last night to someone. It's not my job as a white guy to change that. I don't have that power to change that. I, as white people, we fucked that word up. I can't unfuck that word. So about with the T-shirt, what, were you, what was the, the, the power being? We were, it was trying to say that we were all, like when we were all together, we were all the same. We were the same. There was white dudes that are the same as black dudes. We're just the same. So that white the, niggas the same as black niggas? Yeah, we're just the same. I'm glad you abandoned that. Yeah, idea. it was. But at the <laughs> time, at the time it sounded right. Yeah, at the time it, it sounded right. In the nineties, it was. There's it wasn't the nineties, wasn't it? Was it was yeah. yeah. you, you saved a lot of white boys from getting punched in the mouth. Uh, I thought it. I, but again, it's not. I. I can't. That's not my job. I can't fix that. I can't fix. White, it's a good friend. Because it's, it's because it's, I'm not fixing anything for black folks. I'm fixing things for white folks, and that's not my. And white yeah, people and, and don't we, need fixing. We don't need fixing. And, that's and, my and point. It's good you have Tim in your life because. Uh, Anything, anytime you come up with ideas like that, <laughs> run them past me and Tim now. You got two niggas on the board who have to give you the approval. But Tim's, Tim's known me for a long time. We did, we, we've done a lot to actually, Tim and I have done a lot together. Okay. So, we, and, I, and, I, and I feel comfortable <clears throat> in, in saying that uh, Tim's still, even though we don't see each other that often, I, I always conclude him as one of my best friends. Great. And cause, so I want to go to Tim for he helps real me. quick. Um, so you said a second ago, you don't say goddamn. Right. You're a religious dude? Uh, I'm, I'm spiritual, yeah. I'm, I'm religious and spiritual. I'm not a member of a church or anything like that. Right, my mom podcast, told me. This podcast is turned into two hours because this is going to take up 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, you're a spiritual person. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a Bible toter. Do you believe in God? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm having a civil war mm -hmm. with God and religion mm -hmm. uh, as to whether or not I think it's a hoax. Mm -hmm. uh, because there are moments when I feel like I believe in God, mm -hmm. and there are moments where I clearly see things in the news mm -hmm. that go against everything that you ever hear, and a lot of it comes off hypocritical. Mm -hmm. And not enough truth in it, and I and I think it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to believe. I used to believe. I'm not saying that I totally don't believe, mm -hmm. but the more I keep going through this life, the more I keep seeing shit that goes, this just can't be. Mm -hmm. um, you grew up in church. You, your mother took you to church. No, I didn't grow up in church. My uh, my mom. I I, I went to church. I went, I went, I used to go to Sunday school, but I went to church with my mom five times because at my house, I saw my mother's faith. We didn't have to, so I was always skeptical of preachers and church going to what you're saying. I was skeptical of that because what they were saying and doing was not what my mom was teaching me from the Bible. So I stayed away from church. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions mm -hmm. and then yeah. you tell me yes or no. And based off that, I'll okay. know where to go. <clears throat> do you believe God has a plan for everybody? I, person, I would say yeah, but I don't, I don't know because if you have a choice, then it can't be planned. Because that's what's one of the problems I always have. People go, God gives man free will. Yeah. So, well, if, how can man have free will if, if it's planned? God right. is all, if no. it's planned. 
God has a plan. If right. it's planned and it's destined, then that's not free will. So, because uh, I'm not one of those people who say, "Oh yeah, this was God." No, I don't. I don't do that. I don't right. say that. And that goes back to what going with me listening to what my mom was saying and reading the Bible. Right. This is what the, if the Bible said that, then you're saying this. God has a plan. That's that's the preacher's talk. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, right. you know what I mean. That that's where that's where there was a disconnect for me. Because right. I'm like, that's not what the Bible was saying. Right. You, go ahead. Do you? Uh, very often when I've been to black church, not mm-hmm. often, but when I've been, the preacher will go, God is good. And the whole congregation goes all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you think God is good all the time? Well, obviously, when you see what happens, like, you know, like he's destroyed things, you know, so it's not, I think, being good all the time. No, that's supposed to be you. That's that's supposed to be you. If you if you're going to be good all the time, but well, we're not all we're not good all the time. Right. But but no, I don't I don't think that. I think that it and it's all relative. What do you mean? God is good all the time because you 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 got your car note paid. You know what I mean? God is good all the time. And somebody's out there homeless. Well, people will what? say, you know, oh my God, I, I was I I was struggling trying to pay my rent, and, it's and then something that. happened, or I was struggling with this bill, and then something happened that allowed me to pay the rent and the bills. God is good. That's always, God. Yeah, yeah. And then so like my, my mother would say, you always pray when things are going good. She said, because the first thing people, when something go bad, you want to start praying. No, you just always. And, and our, we have a family song called, we come this far by faith. We can't turn around now. You know, and so my whole thing is based on faith. So when your mother mm-hmm. goes, people pray when things are going bad when they should be praying all the time. All the time. Okay, but then it sounds to me like that's a numbers game. Like like everything ain't going to go bad all the time. Just like everything ain't going to go good all the time. Exactly. So if as long as you keep praying, you're going to cover both sides. Yeah, if it don't go good, you can't blame God. It just, just That's life. But when it go good, now you want to tell me that's God? It's going to go good at some point. Well, well that's, that's- so, so, so praying all the time, that means you just covered all your bets. Well, it, it's like it's like my brother said, and I, I agree with that. Like my brother said, this is what he said. He I, said, "I'm sorry, uh-huh, go ahead. just I don't want to get." No, no. To me, it would be if you, if you really want the proof that God is real. Yeah, if if you don't pray six days out of seven, and then that seventh day something goes bad, and you pray, and all of a sudden it's fixed. That to me is evidence that God is real. But again, to pray every single day, you know, you're gonna hit something bad at some point. So the timing works out that, yeah, when you hit bad or something good happens, you just happen to pray that day. You know what I'm saying? No, no and I, I don't think it's it, – it, and for my, my thing, it's not the praying every day. That, and then not only that, but you're talking about, you know, I'm not just praying for me. My mother was praying before me for my future. You know what I mean? So there was already prayers that she was doing before I came along. I mean, I'm sorry, before I was at this point, my mother has been praying her whole life. But for me, I don't pray every day. I don't, I don't, I'm not a prayer every day. I say, you know, I'm, I'm praying and saying, Hey, you know, one thing I always say, I say, you know, as my mom taught me, guide me through seen and unseen danger. I've been in this situation where I don't know if you know what happened to me, but 11 years ago, I had checked out gone actually what do you mean checked out checked out hard stop gone the guy saying call time yeah oh wow gone you know what i mean and so my my when they called my mother my mother said you have a heart attack huh well my well i had anaphylaxis and it stopped my heart and everything shut my whole body down wow 
you know, and, and I was in trauma and I drove myself to the hospital in trauma, woke up eight, 10 days later, not yeah. knowing. And he didn't even have anything that should have caused it. It was a uh, transfer, right? From the, well, from, from French fries, yeah. some French fries. Oh, wow. And this is why I always say, guide me through seen and unseen danger, some French fries had taken me out, you know, so to speak. But the reason I say that what happened is they called my mom and said, it ain't looking good. They were like, you, anybody, y'all need to come here and like, this is not good. Um, my mom said, no, it, I'm not going nowhere. I have faith. I, I've been praying. You know what I mean? I, I've prayed for these situations. Okay. And, and, it, and, and it's almost like, well, the point is this. If it, it, it might go, maybe he makes it through or maybe he doesn't, but I got him covered either way. Well, here's what's tricky uh-huh. to me about that, though. Yeah. Okay, so the idea is that even if you're not praying, your mother's praying. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like an insurance, a backup insurance. Mm-hmm. She's praying for your well-being even when you're not. Right. So if she's doing all that praying, mm-hmm. then why would the fry fuck you up in the first place? Well, once again, you have to... It why goes, should you have been protected from that No, 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 because, because, because it goes back to what I said. Whether the prayer is whether I made it or not, either I'm going to be taken care of here on earth or I'm going to be... In another place. It's it's both ways. It's like, does, does that make sense? Well, it, uh-huh. I hear what you're saying, but what I don't understand is, let's say you didn't make it. Mm-hmm. We really don't know if there is an afterlife. We really don't know if you'll be taken care of. That's just the stories we hear. So if all that praying and you've been taken out anyway, then what good was it? Okay, so let's go. Let's go to the facts. <laughs> so this, I had no idea what happened to me. So you, maybe you've had these stories. I mean, it's a good time to talk about this. Talking to somebody that went through this experience that knows what death is like. Okay, so what? I had no idea what happened to me. No idea. All I was telling people was this. I said, you know, because they, the, from what I understand, the doctor said, don't tell, don't say anything, don't say anything. So I was telling people, I said, yeah, you know. I was watching this guy and his heart stopped. His heart stopped and they were trying to get it going. And, and I'm seeing the flat line there like, and I was like, get it going, get it going. And I said, and then the heart started back. And I was like, I want his heart. And, and this voice said, that is your heart. So I, now I'm telling this story, <coughs> not knowing anything happened to me. And that's the story I'm telling. So now it's like, you know, and that was right when after I came through because I was in a, a coma and because it was, you know, pretty bad there. But but I remember that vividly looking in the room and seeing, you know, I didn't know it was me. If that made I had no idea. I was just like, wow, that they, they got that guy's heart back going. I, I want his heart. And, and then, like I said, it, uh, you know, some said that's yours. And it, it never it never meant anything to me. And then. They didn't tell me what happened. I was in the hospital. I think they told me on the seventh or eighth day what happened when they said, we got to tell you what happened. And they were like, you flatline, your heart's that, you know what I mean? And then the, the anesthesiologist came up with this idea. You know, so anyway, I've had that experience. And, and it's interesting talking to people with that experience. And everybody, most people will tell you the same thing, that there was something that happened during that time. Mm. There was something that I, that I saw during that time. And the other thing is what you have to learn, and, I, and I, was, I was reading some stories about this too, is that it's weird because you have to learn to fear death. Fear and death is a good thing because after that happened to me, I was like. I've heard the opposite. 
You shouldn't fear death. Well, this is what I'm telling you. Being there, because when you go through something like that, you don't fear it. You have no fear of it. And then you're like, it's a weird feeling, man. It's a weird feeling. So are you saying you basically had an out-of-body experience? Yeah. If there's something weird and it don't look good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, no, but you know what? You said something that you said um, that I think is interesting, though. You, you kept saying... Um, how did you word it? I'm trying, I'm trying to make sure I get the right wording. The God has a plan. And, and you keep thinking, this is where I think this is where I think when you get spiritual a little bit, you start to think things a little bit different. If God has a plan, the plan could be for you to be born. And dead. And dead. Exactly. That, that, that could be the plan. That, that yeah. makes no, no it does. It does. sense not, to me. Everything doesn't have to be good. <laughs> it makes no sense yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, because this, could be, be this could be a very small part of our overall existence. Absolutely. We only understand it because this is all we understand. Okay, so you're telling me, you're telling me, and like I've read it in the paper mm-hmm. and I've seen on the news, tragic story, drunk driver slams into a mother in a minivan killing all four kids and the three-month-old baby. Mm-hmm. So this baby came into life, mm-hmm. never got a chance for first steps, mm-hmm. never got a chance for first words, never got a chance to taste ice cream, go to a circus, enjoy all the things that kids and, and adults should enjoy. To be here for three months? It, it, no, it's happening right now. A baby right now has been here for 30 seconds. Right now as we speak is happening. Not three months, thirty seconds, three maybe three minutes. But what do what do we? But what is that? What is the life after that baby has? Well, you're you're basing okay, it only okay, on okay, your okay, okay. on your on your need to be. Okay, cared. let's say all the stories are true, and there is an afterlife and an eternal paradise and a foreverness. Well, then niggas sign me up now. And that's but what if but if there isn't, that is the cruelest shit I've ever heard. So so would you so so would you rather be? Insured or not insured? Insured. So why not believe? What what can, what because do you that's lose? The real insurance. But, but, when we have real insurance, if my car gets fucked up, I have insurance. Okay, that what if your car that? never gets fucked up? Now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to well, this. Then that's beautiful. You just paid into something for no reason. It, 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 it's it's off subject, and maybe you guys could call me crazy for this. But if if and I'm sure you know where the history of insurance comes from, right? No, I don't. From slaves. That's what the whole fucking insurance industry comes from slaves. So just because you know where it comes from, do you say, hey, no, I'm not going to have it. I'm, I'm just making a point there that the whole industry of insurance comes from slavery. Which is a that, horrible, ugly that thing. That shit was not about, oh, let us protect you for your car. No, that shit came from slavery. Go look well, it no, up. Well, I know what you're saying yeah. because listen, so, I, I know where hot dogs come from and I'm eating that. Right, right, and right. That's so, a horrible right. thing. So, so I'm just right. saying, going back to that thing that. You know what? Even though I, I would, I'm still going to have insurance, even though I know right. where it comes from. Right. So I'm just saying, why not be have that insurance policy, so to speak? That, and we weren't there with slavery. So with with, with this whole thing with, with God, why not believe if you know that's an insurance policy, rather than not having? Oh, oh okay. But you said why not believe if we know? We don't know. Okay. Well, we don't know that we're going to get in a car accident either. But we, but we, we don't. Insurance. We don't. But we do. But we do know that if we do. It's covered. If we get homeowners insurance and something happens to our house, it's covered. But we do. We know. hope it don't happen. Nothing happen wrong. But if it do, we covered. We don't know that when we leave this earth, there's something better. This may be it, and I'm gonna give it to you right now. Okay. But just like Bob Marley said in a song, "Heaven on Earth," 
This is supposed to be heaven because this is all there is. So you better enjoy it because there is nothing after this. Go ahead. That's but that's what I was just saying. But we don't know if there's anything after this. What you do know is that this is going to end no matter what this ends. So to have hope for something else next, you're not going to know whether it it, it, you're not going to know if it doesn't happen. But if it does, you had the insurance to take you to the next place. You know, my brother, uh, he said one time, because he would go around to all the different religions. He went to all the religions. He said, the reason I came back to Christianity was, he said, in all the other religions, if Christianity is wrong, I'm covered. He said, but if Christianity is right, <laughs> I'm screwed. So he said, so I, that's why he chose to be a, a Christian. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, but it's kind of a, it's, it's a cover all your bases thought process. Exactly. Why not? That's the bet I'm going to take. That's for me. I'm going to take that bet. I, I, I really believe that there's something else that create, had to create this because I know I'm not responsible and I don't know anybody else smart enough to create this. And we still don't understand how we got here. So there has to be something beyond this. I don't know what that next step is, but I know this is a very limited process. And I, I didn't have an, a, a near-death experience. I want to tell you exactly what I had that made me change a lot of thoughts that I had. You never had a near-death experience? I, I had. I've been well, in, then you clearly didn't have a black mother. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, I've had 80. I had, uh, this sounds so dumb, but I had a colonoscopy, and it's not even close to a near-death. But they knock you out in a way that when I was revived, and you know, you, you're brought back, and you, I had this new peace that i realized that that the nothingness if that's all that there is i'm not involved anyway mm-hmm. there was nothing right and if i am involved there will be something next and the only thing that i would miss is my children but had a realizing that when i was out i didn't miss my children right. i didn't miss tv yeah. i didn't right. miss a, a right. football game right. i didn't miss anything because when you're done Right, you're done, and it brought me such peace, and it's made me love my children more because I know, I know that all I get from them right now, and all I'm guaranteed is right now. That is a scary proposition. (laughs) You know what? That's a fucked up proposition. The honest proposition. I know, but I'm saying that don't make it better. No, it does because I really appreciate my. Like when I see my kids and I give them big, like though that's for all. And I know this is going to sound horrible to a lot of people, but when I hug my kids and I get on a plane to go back home, that may be the last fucking time I hug my kids. So that hug, that's the bet. That hug is a great hug. It's my that like I hug them like I'm never going to see them again. And I never felt that way before. There was like, oh, well, I'll see them next week. I don't know I'm going to see them next week, but I know now when I when I let go of them. This was a, this, that moment meant something to me. And it didn't before. and does now. Aww. Tim, this is the last one that I want okay. from you. And I think this is important. And I, I know this is going to go into a weird place. And if you don't want to ta- have this conversation, okay. then we will cut it off before we start talking. Okay. Uncle Tom, you have... The true story of Uncle Tom. Yeah. And Aries uses that, that, that phrase sometimes. And I don't have, obviously, right. the knowledge that right. you have. And I didn't want to discuss it. You want, you want, you well, want to I do mean, it? It's very simple. We, we have Google. So there's no reason for us to be ignorant when we have Google. Sambo was the character that people say Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom was the one that was helping the black folks out. It was Sambo. So, so the niggas should say Uncle Sambo. Exactly. Right. That's what they should say. And, and it's, 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 
it's sad that I mean the information is there, you know. So and and it, and, and it's best. I don't want to be in all the time. No, that's who you want to be. You don't want to be Sambo. We should be calling people Sambo. That so, but but it was funny because we took Sambo as a white person calling. You remember mm. that? Like Sambo? No, Sambo is what black people should call black people to do that stuff. Uncle Sambo. So That's actually, exactly Uncle Tom is a compliment. Absolutely. Uncle okay, Tom well, let me, let, me, let me first apologize to all the niggas who I have called <laughs> Uncle Toms <laughs> and recall you niggas Uncle Sambos, Paris Denard, Pastor Mark Burns, uh, Terrence Williams, Larry Elders, Sheriff Clark, uh, uh, Diamond and Silk, a.k.a. Mm-hmm and Shoal Is, and Armorosa. And I can't forget Candace Owens. To all you uncle and auntie Sambos, fuck you. Man, but what about Clarence Thomas? You, he, he's not on there? A, a honorary mention to Sambo Thomas. There we go. Dude, this was the podcast. Tim, man, I'm go. so glad that you came on. I've been wanting to get you on this thing for no, a No, no, listen, year. listen. I, I, here's two things we got out of this that I didn't expect to get. Uh, one, the religion stuff. Because I get heavy sometimes into religion because I believe what I believe. And I'm not saying what I believe is right. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I should stick to that. I'm trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And often when I try to get into debates with people about God and religion, especially on social media, the reaction is always one of two things. Either they get angry and they basically curse you out Mm -hmm. or they run for the hills like roaches with the lights on. Mm-hmm. And part of what makes me win that argument is when you want to tell me and quote passages out of the Bible about God being loving and man and loving and forgiveness and treat man with love and respect. But because I tell you I have a hard time believing you, the first words out your mouth is, you fucking jump, exactly. stupid motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. How you don't believe in God, yeah. you piece of shit? You're going to hell. So what happened right, to all yeah. that brotherly shit you exactly. was talking about? Right, right, right. So exactly. the fact that we could converse about that and have that dialogue, yeah. okay. I might not change my mind completely. I might not change my mind at all. Mm -hmm. But now I'm going, okay, maybe there's a different way. And the second thing is the the Sambo shit. You just educated me. Because, again, and I I, I almost want to tie religion back into that. Mm -hmm. Because I was going to ask you, when I asked you earlier, did you come up in the church? I often ask people when it comes to religion, tell me what makes you believe in God other than what you've been taught. Mm -hmm. From a kid... And most yeah. kids don't even want to go to church. Church, oh, they don't want to put on a suit. Right. They, they, they act up in church. But when you start them young, and that's how you grow up, you're in church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And from childhood to manhood, mm-hmm. this is part of your culture. This mm-hmm. is what you've been taught. Mm-hmm. Have you had any personal experiences that made you go, this is God's work? Mm-hmm. No, you've been taught. Mm-hmm. You've read out of the Bible. So um, same thing with the Sambo shit. What we've been taught, Uncle Tom, worst thing you can call yeah, a black man to right. a black man. Right. Well, that's what we've been taught without right. knowing the history. Exactly. Yeah. So now that you know the history, yeah. you go, oh, shit, I got to correct myself. Right. I'm yeah. complimenting the niggas I mean to demean. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, there it is. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you sure you don't want anybody to find you? <laughs> no, I don't know where you're going to find me. Do you have any of your social media? No, just uh, I, I think I have a simple one. Is at actor Tim Starks. That's it. Well, okay. then there it is, actor Tim Starks. Uh, and always, man, Patreon cameo. 
uh, by Aries Spears 45 at Hotmail is the email. Give me your questions and your concerns. And uh, big round of applause to Tim, uh, Brother Sambo. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Get you some pancakes. Call nigga. me Br- Brother Tom. <laughs> dear, dear Brother Tom. Uh, and uh, that's it for me, man. Man, and now uh, to all the black people out there that always write letters in how much you hate me, now at least you know I have two black friends. Oh, so he didn't just hit you with the ordinary shit. My best friend is black. My two best niggas is black. Uh, uh, but you can find me on andycomedy.com. All my social media is in the upper right-hand corner. Man, it was a pleasure for me to get you on here, though. I'm so happy that you came on. And because uh, sure. you've been in the, like I, I said this to Aries, you've been an inspiration to me throughout my life. You've made me see things in a different way that I didn't see them before. And I was able and, and my relationship with Aries probably doesn't take place without my relationship with you. And I, I really, truly appreciate you, man. Yeah. No, thanks for I, thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. And one thing I can say, you know, and you could probably attest to this, too, that I. I'm pretty consistent in what I say, no matter who it is, you know, oh, always, <laughs> I've always been like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and I appreciate that. And, and like when we had a discussion, whether it's whites talking with whites, Jewish people or homosexuals, it's always the same. Com- I'm, I'm going to stay the same consistent. Person. Yeah. You're Tim. I'm going to be Tim. So, That's it. so, uh, I, I appreciate you having me on here, man. Now let's go fuck some white women together. <laughs>